Good morning. How we doing? Good. Everybody's got to give a shout in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Come on. 2022. Amen. Say hello to somebody on your way down. Man, it's one of those days, right? We got to. Yeah. Let's go after it in Jesus name. It's going to be a good one. Jumping in. It's 2022. I feel like I haven't seen you in three weeks because I haven't seen you in three weeks. So uh, it is awesome and uh, so good to be here. Uh, with you, see everybody. I am energized. I like seeing new people. I like seeing old people. Uh, I like seeing our church. It's amazing. Uh, God's doing some cool things. He's up to some really big things, and I'm stoked about that. Uh, talk shop just a little bit. Let me talk some shop for all the new people. Just go with me for all the owners in the house. Let's go. Uh, we got a big year ahead of us, and the cool thing is, man, as we look at this big year, if you don't know, now you know we got a 63,000 square foot building we just purchased. We got a tenant on one side. We're renovating 25,000 square feet of it. And we're doing it all right now. And uh, it's happening. We'll probably, we're setting a date of like September for us to move into it. There's a lot going down over this next year. Um, but it's, it's been it, the obedience of this house. You know, I'm not one of these guys. I'm like, oh, you don't see me on social media. I'm like, I'm asking, hey church, I'm asking you to give a million dollars or something like that. I hate it when pastors do that. They'll jump on social media. It's like, why don't you just talk to your church? How about you do that? Yeah. Saying it all to, to social media, the world, hoping that all these people that don't go to your church give towards your thing. Come on, man. You got your dang mind. So you don't need to, you don't need to take somebody else's church to build yours. It's in the house, amen? And our church is a living testament of that, buying a $3.2 million building on the faithfulness of in the obedience of this church, our house, whether it was somebody giving $5 or a person giving an $80,000 check, um, it was obedience inside of the house that's making this happen. So that's why I love our church. And we're moving into the future off of obedience, not this desperation call to rob somebody else's church. So that's my just grievance for a second. Um, <laughs> but we're in a good place sitting down with the uh, early in December, sitting down with the accountant looking at 2022. The cool thing is we're sitting here today where we're at financially and looking towards the future financially, and man, things are looking really good. We've added staff. We've got 15 staff members now on team looking for the future. We're building for the future of all that's to come. We should double overall in everything. If you were here in the past, we were doing five services, lines around the building. It's madness, 1,500 people on a weekend. It's just crazy around here. This space is going to give us the ability to do that like in two services. It's going to be awesome. Um, so we're looking towards the future. And I just want to thank you guys for your obedience because we're lick, like, I can, I can lay my head down at night in peace, right? I'll tell you, the second song we were singing today was like speaking to me because I'm like, oh my God, it's a big future, you know, we got this big thing coming, uh, you know, uh, and just like I talked to, I asked Craig Groeschel, like, um, uh, I was hanging out and I'll, I'll reference something he said later, but Craig Groeschel got to hang out with him a couple weeks ago. Um, and one of the things I was saying, I told him, I said, you know, sometimes I feel like uh, I have a gun in my hands. And I don't know if I'm looking down the barrel or if I'm actually, you know, the one firing the gun. That's the best way to put it. It's probably the worst reference. <laughs> it's not politically correct, but that's my reality right now. It's like, I, I don't know if I'm looking down the barrel or if I'm like, you know, uh, you know, it's a pretty crazy thing, you know, to live in this, this season of life because everything's bigger than anything I've ever been a part of or experienced before. And sometimes that's the best place to be because you're the most desperate, right? You're like, God, I need you, right? You don't feel like it's all about you. So thank you guys for your obedience, making this thing happen. I'm stoked about the future. We got the fast starting tomorrow, not today. So eat your last meal in Jesus' name. We're going to give our first part of a year to Jesus. Amen. And uh, man, he's going to bless the rest of it. It's going to be incredible. Um, but man, also thank you for your obedience in the fearless offering, our end of the year offering that we gave, giving towards um, Help One Now, Ransom Life. Help One Now, if you don't know, I'll say this for the new people now. Help One Now, we're giving towards an organization that's helping third world countries start entrepreneurship to bless their economies and the local uh, place. So how they do it is they get an entrepreneur and a successful business leader in the area and they partner them together to increase the economy in those areas, which is really cool. Ransom Life started their organization out of our church. They're helping sex trafficked females in our city get back, get out of the industry and back on life. And many, many of them have children and stuff like that. It's a little tough. So they empower them to get their uh, feet underneath them. Uh, the other thing we're giving towards Andy Swanson, who's going to Turkey, um, a severely under ministered to, um, world and he is already on the mission field he took off so we're going to support him for a month this next year and the other thing is the architectural plans for the building which uh 
we have, through this end of the year offering, um, you guys have given, we have given, I'm a part of it, we've given $37,665.58, amen, which we'll be able to give towards all of this. My goal was 40, but all good. God had 37, so we'll work with it in Jesus' name. Um, so it's really cool, um, and, and your obedience is amazing. Now, uh, jumping into the conversation we are starting today, if you are new and you're visiting, uh, so good to have you. I'm Pastor Brent, and get to lead the incredible movement. We've been here seven years on this journey. It's absolutely incredible. If you're all about seeing unchurched people come to know Jesus Christ, you're in the right place. If you want to go to church and it's just the routine thing that you've always done for the rest of your life, and you just want to be you and do you and not get any better and become more like Christ, Probably not the place for you. There's a lot of other churches. So here we are. Cool. All right. But we're in a series that we're starting today on healthy habits, jumping into some healthy habits. Now, usually in 2022 or any new year, we start thinking about how can we change? How can we adjust? How can we shift? What do we need to, to mix up to get better? Usually those things are performance optimization type stuff. Now, the crazy thing is, and the cool thing is, is when you look at it from a little bit different lens, here we're here, you know, we're here, and oftentimes when you, when you think about New Year's resolutions, oftentimes what I hear is, how do we gain the world? That's what I usually hear. How, how can I get, you know, better that I can gain the world? You know, how can I be more like this or that? And I, oftentimes I don't hear, how do I become more like Christ? I, I don't hear that in the New Year's resolutions right? How, how am I doing this to become more righteous? How am I doing this to be, to be closer to my rabbi? How do I do this to be closer to my shepherd? Oftentimes, how do I get better? And I'm like, cool on getting better, but if you're not becoming more like Jesus, good luck with getting better because it's not for his glory. It may be for yours. Not all of it, don't get me wrong. The cool thing is, is when your focus is different, more than likely the outcomes will be for a different reason. The outcomes will bring glory to God. Now, I say from this way, when Jesus was, was talking, he would, he would indicate to us in this realm, oh man, what good is it to live this life where we're gaining, we're attaining, but we lose ourselves in the process. And Matthew would say this, Matthew 16, how does it say right here, Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your life, uh, your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But you gotta let go to find it, right? If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Verse 26, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your, lot, your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people, what? According to their hopes, according to their good ideas according to their best dreams. No, he's going he's gonna to judge them according to the deeds. What was done, right? Everybody inside of here. When we look at 2022, we may have the, these big dreams, these great hopes, these big ideas. The reality is, what are we doing? What, what is the deeds? What is the decisions that are being made? What are the actions on a daily basis? What are the words that are coming out of our mouths? What is the behaviors behind the scenes that nobody gets to see? What are those things? Because here's the deal. You can, you can get better and you can gain, but you can lose you in the process. I've talked to a lot of people. They got more money than they know what to do with, but man, they don't know who they are anymore. They got more money than they know what to do with, but they have no friends in their life. They have no family around them. They lost it all in the process. So what is the focus of getting better? You know, what would Jesus say? Jesus would tell us that, man, when we focus, when we have our eyes right, Matthew 6 would say it this way, your eye is a, like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. What do you do with your eyes? Hopefully you're focused on me right now. If you have ADD, you're probably looking around right now. <laughs> if you're a mom right now, you're probably doing 10 different things all at the same time taking notes, right? Now, what does your eyes do? Your eyes are all about focus. And what you're focused on is obviously or usually what you are processing. 
And if your eyes are a gateway into your life that is either filling you up with light or darkness, usually what you are focusing in on is either lighting you up or bringing darkness to your life. You know, your heart, you know, the, the eyes are the gateway to your heart, your heart being like your values, you know, oftentimes like, well, what is your heart? You know, it, your heart is your, your, your values, what, what you are living by, what you believe, your value system that is driving, right? That's why the Bible says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of your life. For out of it flows your life. Whatever you believe, whatever you value you believe, right? Set your heart and then your decisions flow from there. So guarding your heart is saying, I'm gonna protect what's coming in so that I can, I can live according to the value system, what I believe, because I'm protecting what I'm guarding to live in accordance with God's word, what I value, right? So if we, we are not protecting this thing, man, our gateway into our lives, what we're focused on is in alignment with the things that God's focused on. And more than likely, our life may not be in alignment with the things that God wants us to be in alignment with. So the question I had today, we're starting healthy, uh, healthy habits. If you want to take notes, write that across the top of your paper, write this across the top of your paper, faith-focused. What we're trying to do through this series is Hey, we, we want to be successful. Don't get me wrong inside of here. I'm not a poverty kind of guy. We live these impoverished lives serving the Lord. No, you need to live a blessed life. Make your million. Be obedient with that million because we got a kingdom to build, lives to save, and it takes money to make it happen. Yeah. Amen for half of you guys. <laughs> the wise men showed up with what? Gold. Yeah, they did. And who did they give it to? Jesus Christo, <laughs> right? Don't act like Jesus was walking around impoverished. He wasn't. He had money. He was doing ministry. He was seeing lives saved. You know, a large portion of the women that were supporting him, or the ladies, that were, the people, I'm trying to leave it down and not give it away, and I was giving it away. Ladies, women. <laughs> Couldn't keep it from coming out. There were women supporting Jesus with their money right? This isn't poverty mentality. This is faith focus. We're here to build the kingdom. We're here to be successful and honor God in the process. We're going to make a hundred million. We're going to give 10 million and the kingdom is going to be built. Lives are going to be transformed. Cities are going to be changed. Countries are going to be saved. You know, the world's going to be changed. Amen. Because our focus on kingdom, we're faith focused. We're doing the right things for the right reasons. Amen. Now here's the deal. How many of you guys have been in a place where you, you, you've almost like your life, you felt like was an out of body, body experience all the time. Anybody? Like you, you, you think back on it, you're like, I just don't know if I was there. I just came back from Disney World. That's how I felt every single day when I was there. I'm, I'm no lie. Um, never been there before. I've been to Disneyland before, like briefly, but being there, like you get to the end of the day and I'm like, wait, it's the day's over already. Like there's memories of things that happened, but I can't say that I was actually there. It just, there's so much going on around you. So many things to see rides that you have to wait for. Like it's, it's like this the whole time. You're like, ah, yeah, yeah. And we're leaving. I just gave you all my money. I don't know what just happened right now. How did this happen? How did I give you that amount of money for me to not be present? Right? Now, I was thinking about it. It's you know, getting, getting back I, I, from Disney World is a, thinking about it. It's a lot like life can be in the Western mentality. There, there's so much going on and we can get so busy about life that we are physically there. We're not mentally. We can just like be 100 miles an hour. We're doing all this stuff. And you look back, and you're like, where in the world has the past 10 years gone? Anybody like that? Where, what, what has happened over the last 10 years? I was physically there. I just may not have been present. Now, here's the deal about life. We're not here to just live busy lives where we exist, but we're not thriving. Jesus has come to give us life and life abundantly. He's our good shepherd. He is the gateway. He is the door to eternal life. The thief comes to steal kill and destroy. That's what the thief's purpose is. You know, I heard, I heard one statement say that the enemy may not get you through your vices, but he'll get you through being busy. 
Because either way, if you're not connected to Jesus, you're still not connected to the vine. If you're not connected to the vine, you're not probably bearing fruit in your life. Busy is the issue of our today. What is the biggest thing that the Western world's gotta deal with and really the world just in general? Busy. Are you busy? And you're too busy to be with your creator. Come on, you ever been on the other side of somebody else's busy? I ain't got time for you. I ain't got time for you. Just don't have time, right? Imagine being a wife or a kid on the other end of your busy. You should have time for them, but you don't. That, you know, everything about the way God has set it up and the structure and the system and the way it's supposed to happen is you should have time for them, but you don't. And you're on the other side of it like, how, how, I'm your blood. I'm, I'm married to you. And how do you not have time for me? Think about this side of it. God has set all of this up for us to have the time. But are we too busy to spend it with him? Disney World, man, set me up oh, for a complete understanding on you can get so busy, but you're not present. What we want to look at through this series, and we're going to look over a couple of weeks, I'm going to skim through what we're going to be talking about, but essentially, are we living a life that is slowed down? Are we living a life that, that has margin inside of it? Are we living a life that we are present in? Are we living a life like that? Because we, if, if we're not, more than likely, we're gonna to get to the end of all of this and say, what in the world did I ever do? What did I accomplish? Was I, was, I, was I living in the moment? Did I do what God has asked me to do or was I just existing? Did I just allow life to dictate how I lived and I didn't dictate how my life went by the way in which I lived? Strategic decisions in which I live within we got to be careful in this life that we don't get caught up in the madness that we lose sight of what the purpose is. Focusing on the right things. Faith focused. How are we growing inside of our faith? Now, the beautiful thing is we talked about 2022, all of your New Year's resolutions. It doesn't have to just be your self-help, self-optimization. Everything is encompassed inside of a life of following Jesus. Now, for faith focus, we can organize our lives, not just to get better, but man, to, uh, to live a life that honors God as we get better in, in individually our behaviors of life. Now, if you want to look at this, looking at like a rule of life, how do you operate? How do you conduct yourself? How do you live? What are the decisions you're making on a daily basis? You know, I, uh, another thing Craig Groeschel told me, um, or told us, I was with a group of pastors, he said, um, if you want extreme results, you gotta have extreme discipline. Now, extreme discipline is really hard. Um, oftentimes, you gotta do what everybody else won't to get what everybody else wants, right? That's just the life in which you gotta live. Humanity will sell us short on accomplishing what ultimately we want because we won't have the discipline inside of our lives to accomplish what everybody else wants. We gotta do the things that everybody else wants to accomplish what everybody else wants or to live as everybody else wants. Extreme results require extreme discipline. Now with that, we're gonna look over the next couple of weeks at things that we can do to have patterns and rhythms and behaviors on a daily basis to get us to a place that ultimately we wanna be. Slowed down inside of life, unhurried and present inside of moments. You know, Jesus, he, I don't, I, don't, I don't read anywhere inside of the Bible where Jesus ran anywhere. I don't. You would think that Jesus would run towards Lazarus, his friend, when he found out he was dead. Mary and Martha, hey Jesus, Lazarus is dead. Jesus is like, yeah, we're not gonna go right now. I got work to do right here. Two days later, he's like, all right, let's go. He's like unhurried about all of it. Like, okay. You think about it, unhurried. I'll get back to that in a second. Jesus feeds 5,000, sends the disciples in the boat across the Sea of Galilee. 
I'll catch up with you guys later. He's up there praying. Then he comes across and they think he's a ghost. You know all that stuff. He's just walking on the water. He ain't running across the water like, I don't know if it's going to hold me. He's like, cool. He's unhurried. There's, a, there's an ease. There's a presence about life. I mean, Jesus came to show us how to live. We got to be careful. We don't get caught up in this like, oh, you know, Jesus. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. But he is our teacher. If we don't see him as a teacher, we won't allow his life in order to impact ours on how we live right? What this is all about, everything. Our lives are about being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did while he was here on this earth. That's what all of this is about. Let me just break it to you, Americans in the Western world. This is not about the house that you have, the car that you drive, the clothes that you have on your back, because it's all going to burn up. This is about being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, really, like no bitterness, no anger on the inside of your life right now, no frustration, right? That, that's, and doing what he did while he was on this earth. That's what this is about. Now, I know I'm taking your glass and breaking it right now. And you're like, no, I want that. <laughs> well, if you want to continue to walk with a lack of peace and joy, take your ball and you can go. But if you want inner peace and joy and a life of fulfillment, let's be with Jesus. Let's be like Jesus. And man, let's do what he did while he was here on this earth. And let's confront every issue, every wrong value that's been established in our life through our formation by other people that set our value system that we're focused on the wrong things and not on the right things. Let's confront those things through this series and say, we're gonna do it differently, right? Jesus was unhurried. When he went towards Lazarus, what did he say? This will not end in death. He had a peace that God was at work in Lazarus and the situation. Here today, there's some things in here today, the moment you hear it, you're gonna be running towards it. When was the last time inside of your life you just said, you know what, Holy Spirit? I'm not running unless you tell me to run. I'm just gonna walk in peace, right? My mind's not going to race and run towards it. Come on, let's just, let's go with the metaphor. My mind's not going to race over it because I heard it. My, my life's not going to move, hurry towards this thing because I, 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 this thing that was put out there. I'm, I'm just going to walk in peace and I'm going to trust that you are leading me on a daily basis. And if you're not saying run, I'm not running. If you're not saying deal with the issue, I'm not trying to fix the problem, right? I'm led by the Holy Spirit. And a product and a fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace, right? Big capital P, amen? Amen, peace, slow, unhurried, doing what God has called us to do. Now, here's the deal about a rule of life. Uh, um, trellis, if you look at the word, the original Latin, it could be translated towards a rule of life, like a, a, a place, uh, a way of living, a, a structure to put in place in order that your life can get off the ground. You think about a trellis, all the lattices back in the day, you think of the traditional lattice. The one I like is more like this, the cable lattice. Now, what is this? You got these plants that are growing on the ground, but for them to produce more and grow more, they got to attach to something to get them off the ground. You ever seen vineyards? Go out to Fredericksburg, you'll see a lot of them. It's amazing, it's beautiful out there. Grape Creek especially, go to Grape Creek Vineyard, it's amazing. But they have trellises, things that get the plants, the vineyards off, the, the vines off the ground, and then they spread across them for what purpose? That they will produce more fruit. They will get off of the ground, just growing there where insects and all these things can crawl up and rob them, and it gets it up inside of the air in order that they can grow more. The same thing with these trellises would do. I'm going to do this at my house as soon as we're finished uh, building it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to look incredible, but these plants are going to grow more than just across the ground. A trellis inside of life practicing is getting what we want to do with behaviors, faith-focused um, ideas is get a structure inside of our lives that our, our values and our, our beliefs can get off the ground and our behaviors can get off there. We can get these rhythms and these patterns on a daily basis off the ground that what? They will produce fruit inside of our lives. If anybody in here asked the question, do you, wanna, do you wanna know the will of God for you more? Do you wanna have an inner peace that comes from the spirit of God? Do you wanna live healthier? 
do you want to have more money? If I said all these things, everybody here probably like, yeah, it sounds legit to me, <laughs> right? If you can build a rhythm inside of your, a trellis that you can start small behaviors on a daily basis, by this time next year, you will be able to accomplish all of that. Not in maybe what you see, but at least you'll have a practice starting that you can build upon. You know, at 29 years old, I said, I no longer want to be this out of shape, ice cream eating madman, okay? That's what I said. At 29 years old, I hadn't run since the day I was in high school playing or college playing football. I hadn't run since that moment in time. 29 years old, I said, you know what? I'm gonna start living a different lifestyle. And I almost killed myself multiple times. I got a story where I was running down the river walk and I was out by Lone Star, that area. I was running down there. I just started running. My wife went to Twirl to get her hair did, and I was running. My earphone fell out. It was back, you know, back in the day, I didn't have the wireless ones. The earphone fell out. So I bent down to get that. I was about a mile in. I had a lack of oxygen to my head, and I just, bam, fell over. I woke back up, and there was somebody that ran all the way down. I mean, I was out for probably 20, 20 30 seconds. I don't know how long it was almost killed myself in the process, but I was determined that I'm no longer gonna live a lifestyle with lack. I'm gonna start working daily to create behaviors of health, right? What you start today can be something that you master tomorrow, but it doesn't like, everybody wants to be a master today. Everybody, I'm gonna be the greatest this. I'm gonna pray for five hours a day. Probably not gonna happen, right? I'm waking up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and I'm gonna pray until I gotta go to work. Not gonna happen. You're gonna wake up at 4 a.m. You're gonna be asleep at 5 a.m or 405, I should say. You're gonna be five minutes, luckily. This isn't about these extreme changes. It's small incremental changes than which we can build upon. You look at any type of behavior or habit or rhythm book, whether it's Atomic Habits, whether it's, uh, I think Habits just is the name of that one. I think, I think it's just Habits. Uh, it's all about what can you start today that now you can put in place that you can build upon tomorrow. It's not about these dramatic changes. What do you need to do? Do something, if you do something, more than likely you can build upon it. Now what they say in the, in the behavior psychology world is, if you start something, 80% of people that start something are more likely to, to finish it. Yeah. So it's starting, what do you want to see happen? Starting it, doing it, and more than likely you will complete it. 80% of people do once you start. The thing is, you just gotta start. Yeah. You're not a failure, you just need to start doing it, yeah. right? So these are, these are just small incremental things that you can do, but we want to build a trellis to get things off of the ground inside of our lives. So let's look at the seven different things that we're going to be looking at over this series that are going to put us in a place that we can start to build upon our lives, these faith focuses, that if we put them in place, things can begin to change inside of our lives and we'll maybe walk in all the peace and the joy that we're looking for. We're sitting here today, man, optimal, this is ideally what I want to see happen. If you can implement these things, and we'll talk about it over the next couple of weeks, more than likely you're gonna see some things change. Now, obviously the first one is this, abiding. Abiding is what we typically talk about inside a church. Man, if you can abide, be with Jesus, be with your, your rabbi, abide in him, be connected, be in relationship. I mean, it's a lot of what we talk about, right? And maybe some of this is, is um, as I say, you're like, man, I can read my Bible, man, be with Jesus, man. As uh, was Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God and every word is inside of the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God, John 1, it's all there. Being in the word, man, we can abide with God, right? Being in prayer, we can put our petitions towards God. Now here's the key, key thing about prayer. Do you say something and then you stop and you wait to hear? Most, most people don't. Most people, most people are just like, God, I want you to bless me with this. I want you to bless me with that. I want you to do that. And we do this and do that. And it's all this talking. But I'll tell you right now, if we're going to be in relationship and you're doing all the talking, we're going to have an issue. I'm a good listener up to a certain point, right? The same thing with God. If you're doing all the talking, but you're not stopping to listen, more than likely you're not going to hear from the Lord in order what you need to do. It's going to be a whole lot of asking, but not a, lot, a whole lot of receiving. It's abiding is slowing down to say, I'm going to hear from the Lord, not just talk to the Lord. That's relationship. So abiding is the first one we're going to, we'll, we'll focus on. We'll look at and we're going to put We're going to scrunch them all together. But abiding is a, is a key one. So jump into that. These are things I take, I mean, snap a picture of this and all that. I'm going to skim over these. The second thing is the mind. What's going on here? We talked in the video message. We had a um, 
message I talked about in, in July, I think this last year on Mind Matters, the things of the mind, focusing on what's going on inside of your mind. Live No Lies is a great book by John Mark Comer that talks about this, taking every thought captive. What he would do is this. If he had one thought that came to his mind that was out of alignment with God's word, he would write that thought down and then put a scripture in it to replace it. And he would just repeat that constantly. If this came up, he would look it up and say, oh, this scripture, and he repeated. And eventually over time, he created a behavior where now the word replaces the toxic thought. It's a great way to control the mind, right? Philippians 2 would say this. We look at Philippians 2. Philippians 2 says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was uh, God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared uh, in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died as a uh, criminal's death on the cross. But the same attitude as Christ Jesus had, having that attitude, that mentality, that living, that thinking, changing the way you think that the outcomes of your lives are in alignment with the will of God. So the mind is critical. How are we thinking? Taking capture every single thought, right? Romans 12 talks about what? Replacing that, being changing the way you think with what? God's word. It's the changing Shifting. So the mind is something we're going to talk about. Another thing we're going to be talking about is the body. There you go. The body. Now, oftentimes, I, I, it's funny to me when people come up to me like, you're not like normal pastors. I'm like, what? So you're saying I'm not fat? Is that what you're saying? Right? <laughs> I grew up in a world where most pastors were overweight, right? There was self-control in everything except for that, right? Now, here's the deal. One of the things that uh, essentially uh, Jesus was tempted with was turning a rock to bread. Now it's a desire. You can look at desire inside of life and the enemy will come to us with desire. But oftentimes what is overlooked is our eating behaviors. Maybe sometimes um, this is something that, uh, that Paul would say is honor God with your bodies, right? That they are a holy and living, holy and living sacrifice. Oftentimes the mismanagement of our bodies can eliminate the longevity of our lives and our ability to continue to do the work of Jesus Christ here on this earth. Maybe the lack of thinking about the quality of living, what we're putting in our body is limiting us on a daily basis to be present inside of life, right? These are all things that just subtle things about life that we want to talk about and say, hey, what can we do to manage what we are taking in, what we are doing on a daily basis? What is our sleep patterns? All these things, our bodies, you know, what are we doing with our sexuality, our, you know, these are things we want to talk about. We're going to get into the trenches. We're Pearl Street Church, so we don't have, there's no, nothing off limits. So if you bring your kids in, make sure they're ready for it, okay? <laughs> Usually we'll tell like, hey, if you have your kids in here, take them to kids' church, which we'll probably do for those messages that get into the trenches on that. But the deal is, is we got to take care of this thing, yeah. right? Yes, we get it for a short period of time, but this body is not our own. It was given to us. It's on loan from God. From dust it came and from dust it will return. We got a soul that lives on the inside of here that we have decisions to make on what it does. And ultimately, is our soul going to go on or is our soul going to be separated forever? Right? If we live separated from God here on this earth, he will allow us to live separated from for eternity. That's not his fault. That's ours. Right? So body is another thing we're going to talk about. Next thing we're going to talk about is relationships. Relationships are key. Who we surround ourselves with. What are the quality of those relationships? We got friends. We got family. We got um we got kids, we got all these things, relationships inside of our lives. And we want to focus on these things. What are the quality of these relationships in which we are living in? I Man, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've met some really great people that you thought their marriages were good, but they were falling apart. Why? Because mismanagement. There was nobody in their lives to say, man, you can't do that. Chica, you can't do that, right? Right? We get into the trenches around here in Genesis 2, I believe, or Genesis 3. It talks about what is the issue with the woman? She will always desire the position of man. That's the issue. It's at the, in, at the core of every woman inside of here. She will always try to control man. What do you get into the issues inside of marriage? Man, like, I can't get no respect, right? <laughs> you need somebody in your life. Women, you need somebody in your life saying, hey, be an honorable and respectful wife. Your husband wants to be respected. How do you respect him, right? Every woman wants to be loved, every single woman inside of here, but she can't, she ain't dealing with that issue of like control, right? A man's gonna be respected, she ain't give what she wants. That's the cycle. So relationships are key. We wanna talk about our relationships. And if we have good relationships, more likely there's quality inside of life. I know I offended like probably 50% of the room right now. Like, what are you saying? 
saying we live in a crazy feministic world that is out of a touch with biblical principles. That's what I'm saying. So, um, moving on, in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, wow! Ah. <laughs> but that's the reality. We want to continue to have 60% divorce rates? Let's go with it, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Trying to stand on truth. Rest is another thing. We don't rest. We don't give ourselves time to Sabbath, rest, take time to just slow down. The crazy thing is, is God created all of it in six days. And if he rested, man, more than likely we need to rest, right? We, we are not, you know, better than God. I'll just tell you that right now. You know, there's some communist societies in the past that have tried to move towards 10 day work days. And what do their economies do? They tanked. What do the quality of their society do? They tanked. Why? Because they didn't have margin for rest. They didn't have margin for rest. God created six days, then he rested. We got to build that into our lives to have days of rest, to calm down, slow down. So we're going to be talking about that. Another thing we're going to be talking about is work and money. Paul has called us to be what? Uh, hard workers. Serve our masters as unto the Lord. In reference to that, as slaves serving our masters, we're all, you know, we're all slaves of Christ. But the reference is work hard. If you're an individual, work hard for those that you're employed by. That's the intent of what was behind it. So we want to talk about your work, your behavior. Some laziness exists inside of here. I think they say like 40 to 50% of time spent at work is not actually on task for work. It's on personal things. Come on, all the people that work in offices. You're like, I'm just checking in on Facebook. <laughs> right? But how crazy would it be if we were, for eight hours we are focused on work and we could leave at five? and be present inside of our homes, right? We could leave at five and then maybe stop by the gym and work out for 30, 45, maybe an hour, right? Crazy thing about working out is there's endorphins that are released inside of your body and you have more energy. The funny thing is if you work out in the morning, more than likely you're gonna have all the energy you need for the day. It's the craziest thing, but you don't work out in the morning, you're like, I'm so tired. It's crazy. But the body, the way it works, man, when we live, a life with good rhythms, good behaviors, praying in the morning, reading in the morning, getting the right things in, working out in the morning, it sets us up for the best day. So we're gonna talk about work. We're gonna talk about, um, uh, the second part of that was we're gonna talk about generosity. You know, when you work, you make money, but oftentimes we're living in lack because we live a life of greed, right? But God's wanting to release out of our hands what he's placed in our hands so that he can put more back into our hands. But since we're holding on in greed, we're living a life of lack. And so we want to talk about generosity, the generosity of, man, being obedient with what God has placed in our hands, but also building margin that we can be generous inside of our lives. Majority of people are, uh, are living lives robbing from God to be generous, but that's completely different than by being obedient. Malachi 3.10 says what? Give 10%. Then leave margin, right? You can leave margin inside of your life to, for other things. And oftentimes we're robbing God in order to be generous. And we think that we're being obedient towards God. The reality is we're not. God has called us to be obedient with the 10% he's, you know, with 10% of the income that he's placed inside of our lives. Then we can be generous to do all the other things. So the first thing is to be honest. We're talking about that. Uh, last week, we're going to talk about gospel and hospitality. Um, every single one of us, Matthew 28, 19, 20, are called to share the gospel. Every single one of us inside of here. Every single one of us are called to be hospitable. Do what Jesus did when he was here on this earth. Carry the qualities of the Holy Spirit and love and, and be patient with people and be humble and live a life of self-control. Every single person inside of here, right? There's no excuse for not doing that. Every single person is called to do that in this room. And we're all called to share the gospel. That's not somebody else's problem. That's not somebody else's issue. And that's not the church's and the pastor, right? Our responsibility is to train the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. That's what we're here to do. I'm here to challenge you to say, you know what? share the gospel. Challenge you to say, you know what, if he's done it for you, he can do it for your friends. Challenge you to go into the world and be Jesus. Love people where they're at, right? That's, that's our responsibility as a staff. It's our responsibility to save everybody. Hey, we will help you in the process, but you got to invite people to church. Some people around us don't even know we're Christians. Moving on, we'll talk about that in, when we talk about it on the week. But here's the crazy thing. We're going to talk about all of this, right? But I'll tell you today, all of what we want, the hopes and the dreams of 2022, if you have them written down, is well within your capacity if you have a trellis in which your behaviors are growing on. The first thing you gotta do is have a value system that actually values these things. 
You value something today, but it may not be by your choice. It may be by somebody else's. That's the product of your formation. When you weren't thinking, somebody else set your value system. Now that you are thinking, or you should be thinking as an adult, you gotta decide what do I value? And my hope is that you say, I value the things of God. I value what, what Jesus stood for. I value what Jesus lived for. I value what Jesus did. And if I value that, then I'm focused on it. And if I'm focused on it, then it's setting my value system and I'm going to live my life based on those things. And so with that comes, hey, maybe there's some things you've got to address. What did Jesus talk about? Hey, if, if your right hand causes you to sin, why don't you just chop it off? That's a good idea. If your eye causes you to sin, how about you just gouge it out, right? What is, it's much better to go into heaven with that lacking than it is to go to hell with it on, right? Now, what is he talking about? He's just talking about sin and desire and things that are separating us from God. That's what I say. What is, these, what is something that is captivating your attention that needs to be removed in your life? Cut it off so that you can be present with God and doing the things that he's called us to do. That's all I'm saying. That's Jesus. I mean, deal with your issues. Now here today, uh, this is the question I would have for you. We talked about all this stuff. You get what I'm saying? The hurry, the busy, the madness. Uh, are you there? Are you not there? Are you mentally there? Are you living the John 10, 10 life that Jesus has come to give us life and life abundantly? Not the life that Je the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy, but the life that Jesus came to give us was his life and life abundantly. What does that mean? We're not just surviving a life that is thriving. That's what Jesus is trying to say. You get all of what I'm saying, right? If you want that, then what needs to be removed? If you looked at your phone today, it would tell you how much time you spend on it on a daily basis. Now brace yourself to go into your settings and look that up because it may be more than what you understand. But I'll tell you this, there may be margin in your Instagram life where you could take away from that and you can be with your creator. You can abide with Jesus. That there may be some behaviors of your Netflix watching that you got some margin to say, no, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take away from this so that I can be present for that. Here's the deal. You can be busy with a lot of different things, but not present with Jesus. If you're not abiding with him, maybe you're not connected to the vine. If you're not connected to the vine, maybe you're not producing the fruit that you wanna produce because something has captivated your attention. Well, my, the first, what is the very first commandment? There shall be no other God before me. And it's our responsibility to manage what priorities are in our life. You know, Jesus, he was talking to the woman at the well. What was her priorities? A relationship. I'm trying to find a man that makes me feel whole. What is he like? No, 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 no. Just ask me for a drink because I'll tell you, I have something that brings eternal life. You'll never thirst again. This world, you will always need something else to feel satisfied and there's no end, but when you come to me, there's peace. There's satisfaction, there's joy that come with it. So huh, how about you just slow the roll and the madness and just come to me and get the goodness. I'm saying today, what needs to be cut off? What needs to be gouged out? so that we can get present with Jesus and we can get the bubbling spring of water that brings ultimately what we want, peace and joy in our lives. Not hurry and rush this thing to the next thing. Let me just tell you today, I'm preaching to myself, somebody. We just came back from Disney World and we would get on these rides and they would go really fast and we got a three-year-old and a six-year-old. We wouldn't tell the three-year-old that we were getting on these rides and I think we traumatized her, but it's all good got on the tram at the airport she started screaming is this a roller coaster <laughs> yolo <laughs> they would get off and say dad these rides are just like your car <laughs> it's cute but it's real they know daddy and mommy are busy we're modeling it for them. And we could be setting a formation on the inside of them because what we do, what one generation does in 
uh, in moderation. The next will do in excess. And why do we live in a world of excess of busy? Because one generation was busy. Are we going to be the generation that slows down? That we model in their formation what it means to walk slowly with the Lord. What it means to live in peace and walk in joy, to be present inside of moments. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As Eugene uh, Patterson would say in his message translation on this, his translation was, come to me for freedom and lightness. Come to me to be free and to feel light. Come on, you feel the burden on you right now, the madness on you right now, right? You feel the pressure on you right now. 2022 doesn't have to be like that. You can change it, but you gotta be here. We're gonna have some conversations and you gotta be willing to change. If you just want the American crazy, busy life, cool, you can have that. Just careful you don't lose your soul in the process. Just FYI, you probably will. I've talked to a lot of wealthy individuals that don't know who they are. I've talked to a lot of wealthy individuals that don't have a family anymore because they lost them in the process. I'll tell you right now as a pastor, it's been a challenge to keep it all together. I'm married to a doctor. Church is growing like madness. We're having kids in the process. It's hard to keep it real. But what do you see in our world today? Pastors that are falling morally. Why? Busy. You can gain a church and lose your soul in the process. This isn't about you. It's about us. We're all doing things to honor God with our lives because we want to focus on the right things to accomplish the right things, that we bring glory to our heavenly fathers, that the men, the world will see our good works and not glorify us for being busy and being successful, but glorify our heavenly father because we were faith focused, doing the right things for the right reasons. So I'm gonna have to stand up to our feet for a second. What I want us to do today is I've been talking and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. That's the beauty of being in the presence of God is that the Holy Spirit is here to convict you and to lead you into all truth. My job is just to bring up some truth. The Holy Spirit can convict you. It's a beautiful thing when people come up to me and say, Pastor, I felt like you were speaking to me. And it could be 100 people in the same room all receiving different things. But it's not me. It's not the words I'm speaking. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And as the Holy Spirit spoke to you right now, I believe he would bring up some issues that you're saying, you know what? I do need to cut this off because it is removing peace and joy inside of my life. It is taking and occupying time that could be devoted to the better, right things in the right places, spending the right time with the one that wants it with me. You know, the Bible would tell us that the prodigal son, the dad would be on the edge of the property waiting for the restoration of the son. And here today, I believe that heaven, God's up in heaven, peering over heaven, looking down and saying, when are you going to stop with the hurry? And when are you going to come back to me? When are you going to come to the end of yourself and stop trying to do it your way and just get back into alignment with me, right? Cut it off, get into my presence, be with me. Come on, you parents inside of here, you probably know this, or maybe you children in here, you know this. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't have time for your children or your parents didn't have time for you? How did you feel? Now put yourself in that position that God's peering over heaven, saying, you ain't got time for me. You don't have time for me? Here's the deal. God gave his best, his one and only son, in order to cross the divide, the chasm between you and him, for this moment that you would be in his presence. You could be with him, right? But we could be too busy for him. He gave his best and we're giving our best other places. You know what it is, let's pray. God, deal with us today. Deal with our hearts today, God. God, where are we off? God, where is our lives not in alignment? Where have we allowed other idols to step into your place? And God, it's given our affection and our attention, God. Father, maybe it is these digital sources, these, these digital platforms, God, that we're locked in on. 
Father, we're quicker to run towards a show or a season or something like that, God, than we are to run to your presence. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, God, that we've allowed that to happen. God, forgive us for being too busy, too busy. We couldn't spend time with you. Lord, I pray where there's, re there's relationships that have fallen apart here today because of our hurry and our busy and our, our lack of emotional uh, margin, God, that we had the right time and the right perspective, God, to, to, to speak properly, God, and our words have hurt people. Our words have cut people. Father, our relationships have been diminished because of our lack. God, give us emotional strength. Heal our hearts. Heal the wounds of our past, God. Help us deal with our, our sense of urgency towards busy. God, help us walk in peace. Help us walk slowly with you, God. Help us only move by the Holy Spirit. God, help us find the balance between responsibility and a workaholic. God, help us. Give us the wisdom necessary in order to be effective in what we do on a daily basis. Not just busy and hurry, but for us to be effective what we do with a daily basis, on a daily basis. Ultimately, God, we want your will to be done in our lives. We want to see heaven here on this earth. God, we want to experience all that you have today, present in this day. Captivated by this moment. Captivated by this day. Captivated by the abundance that Jesus, you've brought for today. In your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen in the house. Amen. Amen. Now come expecting over the next couple weeks. Here's the deal. They say that 40% of your church shows up on a monthly basis. I think statistics now is like you'll show up twice every six weeks, somewhere around in there. That's, that's statistics in our country. I'm not talking about you right now. But maybe this is you. This series, you want to shift it up, be present. Weekly. Be here weekly. Make it a behavior. Put it on the trellis. I'm showing up weekly. Maybe by showing up weekly, it'll change a few of the other behaviors. We're just talking about small incremental things that you can build upon. Not this big swooping change, right? You don't need a bullhorn in your hand tomorrow on the corner, right? You just need to be present. You need to show up to church, right? Maybe be here on Tuesday night. We got Tuesday night this week. I just come back from vacation. I don't know what we're doing. We got Tuesday night. Be impressed. But these small incremental things can change everything. But we're going to talk about them on a weekly basis. Be present. Amen.